So I brought my computer. Uh, and it's also nice because it has this, we are dancers. Please uh, the on. Um, but I brought it because it, I, it was just such a big shift for me. Like, uh, I think it was a bit more than 10 years ago. Um, uh, I initiated like a, a dancers collective called Fan Club. Um, and that was like a way to, for me to take agency over my dance career, I guess, but also like the milieu around dance and choreography. Because um, we initiated projects and invited the choreographer to work with us. Uh, and I remember like thinking that okay, production work, like working on my computer, that's also work as a dancer. And it was like empowering at that time. <laughs> and now, like, I'm just so amazed how it like, has um, the computer mm. has taken over so much. <laughs> like the production work is like, it's eaten up all the time. Uh, and, now I wish to say being in the studio, lying on the floor, breathing or climbing trees as a dancer, or, that's also work. <laughs> <laughs> Reclaiming the dancer role as being a mover mm -hmm. alive. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> You can put your object in the space if you uh, feel okay with that. VHS video with a little postcard of the last performance I uh, I made. The last performance? Ah, no, the last kind of big performance I made. I made some small ones afterwards. But um, and this is a memory from Dusseldorf, Tanz House non. What's it called? Nord Nordwest Can't remember exactly what the words are there. <laughs> yeah. um, a piece which I made together with some younger colleagues from the dance school I'd been working at and one of my teachers there. And Parfois l'amour Alphaville Hans Lucas Liebt, based on the work of the, the films of Jean Luc Godard. Um, Hans Lucas in German. John Luke, Hans Luke. They, we played around and we uh, had two wonderful months uh, with research and uh, sort of playing with different scenes and uh, playing with some of the issues, man woman relations. Um, very 
exciting, fun, crazy. Um, we were like, I, found, I think I found that one worked best between 11 and 2 at night. So it was kind of exploration of the time clock as well. That was the most creative time when the best bits of work happened. Um, even though I'm usually a very early morning person, this was kind of like a new exploration of, of time there. Um, so it's a little time capture for me. I thought I'd, I'd lived in Denmark for some years and I thought I couldn't speak German anymore because it was behind my Danish, which I just learned. And then I, working there for two months, I found out, ah, there's still some German there, um, which came out in the process. Yes. You know, on the photo, I thought it looked like a penis, but it's really <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you should have that one. <laughs> I thought of it. Now you all think of it. Yes, so this memory is from the River Project a long time ago, back in 2007. And um, this was the piece that was um, developed by living on the riverbanks with no contact to urban environment for a month, and exploring proximity and bathing in the river and dancing in the sand and the amazing part was the the exploration of presence for me it was um the way we danced was really about finding that place in ourselves where we could just be ready for the present moment. So we did a lot of improv, a lot of contact, and a lot of martial arts, and some more improv, and some relaxation, because it was too hot during uh, noon time. We would have like four hours break. Um, and then dance at night again on the warm rocks. And it was just a very beautiful exploration of community. So the idea was translating the states of presence, but also the state of kind of melding into a community and then taking that whole vibe into a tour, mm -hmm. um, which went on the west coast of California. And I brought my daughter. I was the only one who brought a kid. And so uh, every time everybody was relaxing at noon, I, <laughs> I was with my kid in the river. And it was beautiful. Um, and for me, to me, it's just precious when we kind of just weave together different practices and especially the part about um, what it means to be mindful 
in our body, in our relationship with nature, with ourselves, mm. and have a snap look. And I think we could do that anywhere. Um, at least I intend to keep doing it. So I, I'm going to talk about some tree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you. Yes, I brought this image, and uh, there's a younger teen in the song. <laughs> and it's, it was called Images from the Heart. So it was personal stories from all the dancers. And I think it was the first time I worked with all these wonderful women and dancers that, you know, were a little bit more grown up than after, you know, you've just been a dancer and you're just a dancer, dancer and then suddenly you begin to have a personality because you suddenly have a life and some get kids and some, you know, get out of relationships. And I think it was two years after I came back from Australia studying there. Mm. And... Um, and all these beautiful women we have at Dan Ahuxa, you know, in, in Copenhagen, we have this beautiful um, wooden floor. And we sort of had to, we had no money at all, as it always is. We didn't, I hadn't, I couldn't pay all these wonderful dancers, so I had to be really, really strict about the time. So I didn't, you know, didn't use their time because they had to work. So they had like, you have an hour, you have an hour. And there's like... It was very string, well, really uh, strict. And but I was so lucky. I had this wonderful photographer, as actually a DI at the moment, and this wonderful composer who wanted to do music, like real music, really, really, really brilliant musicians. So I felt I was really lucky. Um, so, but it it went on. I think for a year or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a really long one. So it's hard to keep the, the the energy going, but but they all become so passionate about the piece. It wasn't really my piece in the end, I felt, because the dancers were so passionate about their different parts. And and as, as I said, I had a, there was a dancer that had an operation on two knees, mm. and she, she came in with crutches in the start, and then she was just like... You know, doing movements really. What what can she do with you know with limitations? It was a lot to do with limitation. I had one that had Amiana. She was totally spaced out. She, she forgot that she was supposed to be a dancer in my piece, and she was like, "Oh my god, I just been breastfeeding," and you know, so it, it was a really really interesting project in that kind of sense. And yeah, and there was this great thing, and for years like dance solution at dancer scene, which was a really good, you know festival for upcoming choreographers and stuff and and that was the whole vibe about the school we've been to and a lot of the you know school from them that's and that uh, and uh yeah i used a lot of them and and the dancers sort of knew each other we had the same background we had the sort of mentality and you know, that whole group thing, going out having coffee in the morning and you have the class. And that was the whole thing about it. And I can't remember this year because I, it's sort of blurring together. And, and the story why I've actually chosen this picture is because I've had it on my fridge forever. And when I got injured in 2012, I, um, every night I've been dreaming about dance since then because I couldn't dance. So all my colleagues... Uh, all the generations from the school that I have 
know Carolina and Andrea and Tina and a lot of all people was appearing in my dreams constantly. Mm-hmm. So they had been going on for that dancing in my head. It was really exhausting in the morning. So, <laughs> but this one has sort of stayed on my fridge, and I was yeah, it's sort of a spot in my life or mm-hmm. tableau or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I guess that my object is a little bit like more similar to Andreas, although it's pants. It's not <laughs> uh, but it's not an object connected maybe to a special story um, or certain story. Maybe it's more um, connected to a path or something like a life path. <laughs> uh, just because when coming here, I just remembered that actually somehow dance and choreography was something that I stumbled upon <laughs> that came to me very late in life. With also the size of the pants, I can still wear them, so I have the same physical size as I have now when I stumbled upon it. Um, and I was going another way, maybe more academia and university, and then suddenly um, a piece of paper at the university kind of put the whole life path another way. Mm-hmm. And I was, was thinking that actually um, I was also maybe practicing more like this free, like the improvisation, and more like this contract. Not so much the formal dance, but then I actually realized that my mind was thinking more like choreographically, or what I interpret with space and body and everything like this, which I hadn't had the tool of realizing before I suddenly stumbled upon the dance. So somehow, it, I don't know. It's not so... Um, <laughs> It's not so concrete as your memories, but just somehow how how life just somehow happens, and then you have to follow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just very red pants. <laughs> what <laughs> like was the story with them? Um, this was the company or like the the theater company that I that I suddenly got like sucked into, and then just kind of followed, um, and we were working a lot with the interactive theatre and also dancing world and physical theatre and so on, um, and then continue. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Was it a costume? It was a costume. Okay. What was the name of the company? Tianona. No? Yeah. No. What? <laughs> yeah. You were also there. Not at the same time? No. You were also there. You were also there. You so funny because I was I actually got to just come with a comment before and I just wrote it down here on the piece of paper instead of like uh, what did you say? Uh, what did you say, uh, Andrea? This this part was called stories that time time, tra- time travels. Yeah. yeah, but then I, I actually wrote the stories that we share. 
because we have yeah. connections and also without even knowing it we mm -hmm. share stories <laughs> so yeah. yeah so it's quite interesting yeah so uh my thing my object is a postcard um there are still quite a lot of these it, at some point this was also a big poster actually hanging in dancing zoos mm -hmm. <laughs> in the office for a long time and i think it got moved around a little bit uh, because obviously i mean it's it was really well made and we had really we had a really good crew around us at that time making a lot of nice sort of photos and art designs and stuff but um the reason why, I mean, I've, I've actually done quite a lot of things during my life as a dancer and I still do quite a lot of different things and I work with a lot of different people. I've worked with Cecilia and with Tanley and, uh, but somehow this, I, I felt I could not not talk about this as my thing because Rasmussen's Skadabobo show was sort of, uh, was sort of came with a, somehow with a lot of strings attached, but also somehow with a vision of wanting to change something. And I, we didn't succeed completely, but we did, we sort of did go, tried to go somewhere with dance, uh, and it's particularly maybe dance in in sort of connection with audiences. Uh, and we wanted, we had sort of a, this philosophy of wanting to bring dance into sort of more ordinary, um, like a little bit sort of being more part of normal life or somehow. So we were trying quite hard to sort of reach a non-dance audience actually, a, a non-dance audience um, and to do that we felt maybe we had to sort of sometimes break up with the, sort of the traditional way of uh, like the length of a dance piece or the way that a dance piece, the dramaturgy of a dance piece and we sort of broke, broke with that sort of a little bit and we had a lot of songs there, we, did, we sort of took on the cabaret um, format actually upon us and worked quite a lot within that format with like different sketches almost and different different scenes and every scene had its own costumes and and uh, its own sort of almost its own characters and we actually I, I can see back now that we actually did sort of work quite a lot with character and actually much more in maybe what would be more aligned with theater um, and we also had names and, and this her name was Miss Divine and uh, she she didn't come in every show, but she had usually had some kind of appearance in show in, in the shows that we did, and we did quite a number of shows. Uh, we did uh, different editions. Uh, we also had a Christmas show that was all about all about love and Christmas and the gifts that we give each other or don't give each other and disappointments of not getting what you want and <laughs> and we had uh, we had some. Then we had also people dropping in and out, and so we also changed the format. We were originally from people also from the school. We were the first sort of the first generation, even before it was called uh, what it is today, the School of Modern Dance, uh, which now is called the Dance Museum School, or is a part of the Dance Museum School. But way before that, when it was down in Dance and Suits, and Dance and Suits was in Karlsruhe scale. <laughs> So, and it was called Dancer Project, and so it was like a gang from there, and we sort of yeah, kept working together. And then later on, like the last thing we did was with Tomomi, actually, Tomomi Yamauchi, that came in and we did a, a version where she wanted to sort of stage the Rasmus and Skadawoga show event, what was that through her, her, her lens or her gaze or how she viewed it. So that was called Priceless. Uh, there is no such thing as a free cup of tea. 
Uh, and that's the last thing we did. And we sort of some jokingly said when we all turned 50, which is now, we would sort of do a, some kind of a retro remake of something, but that has yet, yet to happen. <laughs> you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, but, but what, I, what was really brilliant about this was also it, it had stories. So the dress I'm actually wearing, so uh, uh, Rasmussen is obviously not me, uh, that's not my name, but Charlotte Rasmussen, uh, one of the founders also of the, of the, of the company, uh, it was actually her aunt's dresses and she had all these lovely 50s dresses like original 50s dresses and it was just like okay we'll just take those and we'll start from there so so we all we started out in all original costumes and so yeah so it's just funny to it has sort of family story related to it and we also used quite a lot of her mom her mom came in and did a lot for us in terms of costumes and it was quite a yeah a family event actually yeah so um yeah that's my, my item. <laughs> I brought this sexy item, which is uh, an email correspondence that like sums up a month of my life. And I think it's kind of like what Andrea is talking about in terms of work. What is work in dance? Um, so most of this is about this uh, quote request for 15 red props for the Contemporary Dance Project. And these are penises. <laughs> but we were not allowed to uh, write that we needed a quote for 15 red dildos. It had to be 15 props when we were talking to uh, the Maltese Arts Fund. So it's 15 props. There are no sex shops in Malta. So we couldn't get local props. Um, and in Malta, when you work with uh, the National Arts Fund, you need quotes. You need three quotes to get uh, your item. Then you have to pick the cheapest one, I guess. Mm -hmm. You need to get from three companies. There weren't any companies. So we were talking to some Italian vendors, but it didn't specify whether their props were new or not. So we were a bit unsure of that. We had a long correspondence about that, if we could verify that they had in fact not been used, because they were pretty lovely. Um, then there are some papers from winkwink.com where I ended up buying these in Denmark, uh, where they wrote to me and said, oh, we, we received your order. Are you sure? And I had to write back that, yes, I just, I love that dildo. Man, I need 15. And I thought, great, it will take a while, but we will get them. Right, so we, we did finally get them. Then I had to speak to the office in Malta about getting an extra bag for my flight because 15 red dildos are really heavy, you know, so I needed also to, to book baggage for them to transport them to this little island where we were going to use them. Um, so I also have some correspondence about that. Um, this is a project we did for an arts festival in Malta um, and I did this piece called Cock and a Feather and I had been lying after um, a yoga class in meditation I just saw this meadow of these red penises as you do and I figured up so I called my production manager and said I need like a lot of these and that's when this whole thing started and it just ended up like really making me think about culture and how you know, like we're from, I'm from Denmark and like things, some things here are really easy and, and I was working in an environment where these things were just not 
done in that way and it also made it even more important for me to have a lot of them on stage there uh, because they're just things that are you know a bit backwards I mean Sophie knows this we both went to school there you know it's like it's a Catholic country and it just there are some you know some things you take for granted here in terms of freedom and in terms of what you can do that just all of a sudden you have to Re reassess and address in a different way and and in a way it's it makes you really appreciate what we have here you know in terms of like our possibilities um but it also really underlined that the importance to push these things you know um the next show i'm doing here in fact uh, brighton boys has some abortion issues in it um and when we're applying to also take that to malta I couldn't mention that because it's illegal there, you know. So there are just there are certain things when working in a country that has such a different set of values that I find um, really interesting and really important, and, and also just the fact that it can take a month to order your props is like uh, you know it's it's part of this thing of the computer work that goes into our work and takes a lot of time. So I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> the struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember to watch that one in Malta. Oh, yeah. And I remember the silence when the dildos were on stage. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was it was really something. <laughs> Where you're like, okay, this is how it felt first time someone was naked. This is the first time dildos are on stage in Malta. This <laughs> question. Yeah. Yeah. Very special. <laughs> All right. Um, I also bought a postcard. Uh, and it's not because it was easy. Um, but because I have had a, a small collection of stuff that I brought with me every time I moved. Uh, I started my education in Malta, and then I went to England. And uh, now I ended up in Moss, which is a, an island, just the size of Malta, actually, <laughs> up north in Denmark. And, uh, and when I was applying for this, I, I saw that this was hanging still in my room. Um, this is a, a postcard that I thought was really uh, touching somehow. Uh, and uh, the year 2014 is the year that I, I decided to go into dance. Um, and I, I kind of also stumbled upon it um, in a way I, I never thought that I wanted to be a dancer, but suddenly I was... Uh, on a travel <laughs> to be a dancer and I just went with it. Um, yeah. I think that is it. And I think it should be there. <clears throat> yeah, I also brought an electronic device, an external hard drive. Lazy <laughs> um, and um, well, I used it this week, but that's uh, what's in it for from this week is not what I would like to share with you because I also realized that there's this project 
on this hard drive that has been very... Uh, it's a project I have had with me for many years and that keeps informing me and keep making me question the issue of, uh, of history. Um, and the project, I called it uh, My Body is Everybody. And it's a uh, solo. And it's also like maybe the only time I feel I've been working in relation to myself <laughs> as a solo uh, uh, performer. Uh, of course, I had collaborators and a lot of people in and out of this project, but this, that has been like a, a, one of the issues with this project. Um, but what I, just very briefly, I, I saw a film, an old, really old dance film, and I just realized the way the dancer kind of landed I was like, this landing belongs to another time than my landing. And how this dancer understands a landing is something that is kind of not only her understanding, it's a collective understanding of um, landings. And from that, I just was like overwhelmed by this notion that I that dance, that dance history or dance history is like a part of my physicality, that dance history is in me. And I wanted to explore that. So I just like, okay, how to do that? And that I kind of made this idea that, okay, I'm just gonna dance the dance history. And there's so many prejudiced, uh, banal thoughts within this project that I keep be confronted with, you know, like the dance history. So what I did was that I got a grant so that I could go to New York and I studied with a Duncan dancer. I studied at the Graham School. I went down to Cunningham and I went to movement research with a Trisha Brown dancer. So I kind of like, okay, so I take this tough. And of course there is a linearity to it, but it was also like realizing like, okay, but this is, is this the dance history? Or, yeah, of course it is, but maybe not. And also, what then happened was that these women that taught me to dance became like the project in a way. So, so on this hard drive there is a lot of... So I came back to New York and I, I've done a lot of like studies with these women. So I filmed them when they were training. And I interviewed them about the relation to dance and the relation to history. And yeah, it just has made me... Uh, it has opened up a lot of questions around history as something maybe static that I had before or like organic and um, time, an understanding of time that has changed and an understanding of um, heritage, not, um, so it's, and uh, yeah, there's so many things that keeps informing me in this piece, so I'd, yeah. Uh, and I would like to return to it, and, I'm, and that's also like, there are all of these files, so I know that, I, I always have this, I, I have this in the back of my mind that I can just return to it and reformulate it, which I'm really curious about too, but, uh, yeah, it's a, 
it was just this one short little clip, and then it just followed me for for years. It was really this moment that that uh, that happened, and I think that is also amazing within our field. You know that sometimes you just it's just like one thing, and then when you start digging into it, it just never ends. Um, yeah, I was really, I'm really happy for it, for, for that moment that it has caused me a lot of trouble and a lot of joy <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> did you make a performance? Yes, I did. Like a performance lecture, I would say, yeah. In 2016, a small, uh, like a offstage of Republic in Copenhagen called Revolver, I think. Yeah. 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 So I performed it uh, twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, I decided this time to not program everything. It's a dress, it's book. 1991 mm -hmm. in downtown New York City uh, and uh, I'm still wearing it. Um, I, it has been around, there's a lot of history in this. Uh, it's also about the sustainability, the uh, yes, reusing it. I, I don't know how it has been saved like <laughs> this. I mean, even on our back trips, we made like practice all in the corona, family and me. Uh, you know, sometimes if you said, oh, maybe we'll film a little today. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so this, um, yes, it's something about um, also my relationship to dance that it's just as much in the life as in the in the performance or practice. It's more like a whole thing. It's also very, I mean, this is actually bought like in a little, like hip hop shop in this time with some <laughs> pants and stuff. And then um, it works. It works like, like my daughter who's 20 now, Every time it's like I have to go to something, she said, take it, it still works this way. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so, yes, it has been in house. It has been to Brazil. It has been dancing late nights at cafes in Brazil. <laughs> it has been to audition. It has this dress has been teaching at OA in 93 <laughs> and 94. And this dress has, uh, yes, it has been to university and it has been to Pusses in dance atelier. 
It has been through different times. Uh, it's also something about, yes, I mean, it's also something about the physicality of dance. This is a dress already, always ready to teach or jump in uh, with some leggings and under. <laughs> And it is also like, yes, this, you know, I, I'm a dancing being. I've not really gone into the production thing. I think also I exist, insist of the physicality of the dance and the practice. And I'm like, um, I mean, I see choreography in many ways, and like, just in Corona, like, should we go out dancing or talking with friends? I was like, no, tell me, we, we have to cut through space. Like, we have to take the bikes. It really has to go far, and like, we have to move into it, and then we can take. So I am a dancer that, insist on the physicality. I, I, I am not really good with this computer stuff, uh, but even I did take a, a master in philosophy. And when I had to write my thesis, I moved around a lot. Like I used to also study a lot outside in what I call Epicurus garden. It's a flower garden. And I just bring all my stuff out there and I have to move. So it's very difficult for me to... I know it's necessary, that's why, but, but, but I do insist on the physicality of the dance and, and the contact in with each other and the sensitivity. Uh, like uh, the presence of us uh, being uh, that is in the dance and choreography. And uh, yes, so yes. This dance, as a, uh, this dress, I also will... It, it, it is interesting that my daughter still say, you know, take this, this still works. <laughs> it's, it's like, it works in very many environment. It's like, it has also worked to presentations at university. It has worked for more or less informal. So, so there's something about uh, also in the styles of dance or people or transgenerational. It's like moving elegant in different <laughs> environments. Yes. But so, yes. It's a dress I've had for a long time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I think that's it. Yeah.
Yes. So I bring this uh, magic stone or healing stone. What uh, one local artist has given me uh, when I was doing a performance, during my performance. Uh, in this time, I, it was in Uden, so when I got it, and I was a lot of uh, using my time in Uden to educate myself and to somehow experiment what dance can be, or because I have quite a traditional ballet background, so it was, uh, and I didn't go to the contemporary school, so it was time to, for me to experiment a lot. And this project, I did it, uh, the brands, the museum, they hired me to do this uh, performance, what was for this uh, performer artist, Polish performer artist who was active in the 70s. I don't remember the name, sorry. <laughs> but this uh, performance was that we need to go to the public places and uh, do uh, different kind of actions and one action was this that I need to go to the street and just sit into the ground and collect old cigarettes uh, <laughs> things from here and just to collect them and to make it like a uh, like a tower. tower and then to empty it again and to do that so the action you need to do like, uh, I think it's like was half an hour. And the experiment was the how the passing by people reacted. Uh, so, and uh, yeah, how to react. And it was so interesting that how people was also, because I had been working already quite much. So I was just thinking outside like, okay, they have seen this bearded man in the state and now he has get crazy all <laughs> <laughs> this. And what was the happening that there was coming this one artist and what was so beautiful at the moment because she came and he just came to ask, is everything okay? And somehow to taking care, uh, is everything okay? And then when I explained that it's a uh, performance and this, and then he was like giving me this stone and saying that this is the healing stone and you should have this that, uh, for this. So it's, it's got a lot of like memories of my career and like this, that how we as an artist and uh, how we support people when they go different struggles or different path and who has been helping in the uh, in this kind of like uh, uh, supporting to try something new and it can maybe take a long time and uh, there's been many many moments where I have wanted to quit dancing and to change career or many people have said to me that I should do because if I have not get the enough salary or this so it would be good to go to your normal work but I have insist to uh, uh, continue working. So this is somehow, yeah, from this uh, the support from the community. Yes. I think it's healing stone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. It's healing. It's healing. Can I can I touch? Yes. In the real life, I don't know what is that, but <laughs> if I remember right, she said that it's some some kind of healing stone. So it's. I think, I think you can wear it. It could has be. a hole through. It could be. I have not seen. <laughs> it has been many, many years. You, can, you yes. can put a thread through. Yes. So it has been in my if you small want. box uh, <laughs> traveling. <laughs> before now, uh, since um, some years now, and this belong this exactly was um, the costume that my uh, dancing partner uh, was wearing. Her name is Claudia Tomasi, and uh, we worked together during my studies in Berlin. And, you know, just by touching it right now, I'm like, I feel her here. Like, I feel her skin. I see uh, her neck coming out of this. We spent, um, we spent a lot of time in these costumes together. Um, there's a second one down there, which is mine. Um, and... Obviously, she working with her was quite. Um, it's it's really like she's coming <laughs> to the space. Um, that of course that was like uh, something that really moved me or changed me or uh, enriched uh, informed me uh, as a dancer uh, or as in working <coughs> with dance and choreography. Um, we did. Uh, practices based on uh, on this uh, rhythm that's in our bodies called the craniosacral rhythm, which is um, yeah, it's like a wavy rhythm that like it comes from this fluids that's around your uh, brain and the spinal cord, and it has like a a movement that is uh, that is expanding um, slowly. And uh, you can practice to tune into that rhythm, so it's expanding. And um, at the end of it, there is a little pause before it's uh, emptying or withdrawing. Um, so we learn to tune in on this rhythm by our common teacher called Shannon Kumi, who lives and works in Berlin. And we use this as a starting point for dancing together and uh, making choreographies within these costumes. Always. <laughs> um, these costumes as our extra layer of skin, 
uh, or maybe as a protective shield, uh, anesthetic choice, mm. and um, this is um, yeah a big part of my dance uh, story. I can slowly see if I can put her into space. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like one of these things, I'm so happy that it's now here, right? Because uh, it's been a little bit like on my attic for now many years, not daring to <laughs> throw it out, or touch it, or like we had, yeah, but now she's here. <laughs>